Okay, we are going to do something really cool here in just a few moments. Get a hold of us online over there at JiggyJagwire.com. We are going to go to our guests. Uh, they are going to join us on the old Skippa Skypa. Oh, the Skippa Skypa, as they say. The Skypa Rooney. So let's go to the Skyper Rooney. I think we've got like 55 people in here, but we're going to see what happens here. I got, I hear you now. You've got me. Uh, let me see here. What happened to my Manny cam? Because my, uh, my camera should be, uh, oh, my, uh, my, 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 my camera. There, there we go. This is a, this is a whole new technology. I just said, I didn't. It used to be we just called. What is this now? Boxes? Oh, everybody's video, everybody's audio, everybody's doing all this social can media. Can you hear me now? It's a mess. I, I Mark, hear him. Mark, can you hear us? Yes, I feel like we're from far, far away. Far, far away in a galaxy far, far away. I'm, I'm, Luke, I'm, I'm, I am your father. Let's I'm see clear. here. I've got Mark DePonte. I've got myself. I've got... So, the, fantastic the fantastic bard of broadcasting, broadcasting. Frank Catola. Frank Catola. The biggest Jig, you have a, you have a repeat. We all have repeats. I have a repeat for some reason. What What is this repeat? What, what is this repeat? Hear that echo? Uh, what that echo? world uh, is going on here? It has to be coming from the JAG headquarters. Okay. Gone. Okay. Is that, is that it? Yeah, it's gone. I think I think it was a a fader that was up, oh, and I think okay. it was up because Black Betty loves to uh, run across my control board. So damn those faders! Damn those faders! What happened to Mark? Or or, or faders? I don't know. I'm still now Vulcan. Mark? I don't know. Vulcan thing. I don't know if this. I don't know if this was. Uh, if this is Star Trek, or if this is Big Ben Vader. I don't know. I'm I don't know talk. if I care. <laughs> Ah, yes, classic Catolo. So Mark. we are doing something today, which is amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think that it has ever been done, but we are having the exact, we are having a guest today here on the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Live on Twitch, live on all these other places, Rumble, BitChute, all these places. And then later on this evening... The exact same guest is going to be on with Frank Cotolo, who joins us today as a co-host. It is amazing. I don't know if anything like this has ever been done. I don't know if anything like this is ever going to be done. Um, or done I don't know again. if anybody's going to remember it at all. Oh, they'll, they'll remember Maybe us. One. They'll remember us more than they remember the deaths. That's Even sure. though I still remember him. And he is... Damn those faders. An interesting character. Okay, so... Is Mark, so, here, now? Is Mark, is Mark here now? Mark, are you still with us? Can you hear us? I'm still... Hang on. There, there he is. I don't know what's going on. We're technical difficulties. Hang on a second. That, that was perfect. Whatever you just said. Yeah, you were perfect. How about now? Do you hear me now, Betty? You seem... You seem well, you were fine a well, second you, ago. Well, now, now it's, now it's I, echoing. I took myself off the headset for some reason. You couldn't hear me on the headset. Echoes, anybody? Echoes, anybody? <laughs> yeah, echoes are back. <laughs> echoes are back. It's, uh, that's, you want to be on too many 
platforms. Yeah, that's Twitch. That's the Twinkle. Twinkle. <laughs> Zipoid or whatever. Uh, twinkle, Reddit, twinkle, Reddit, little star, Reddit. kids. Yiddit, Reddit, Yiddish. Yiddish. Druish. She didn't look Druish. But uh, Mark has a production company and develops and produces films and TV shows. And the first time I had him on this show, I immediately knew he had to be on with Catolo at some point. Why? Because he's he. Mark yeah, is amazing, and you're amazing. I had to get okay. you guys together on this right. show. And then I was hoping Isn't that dangerous getting us together. I think it's great. Maybe we'll be able to take over the world. I don't know. If we do, um, I have a whole bunch of I have a whole bunch of demands, including the head of iHeartMedia, Bob Pittman, being put in chains, mm. and. Uh, taken out of the radio industry okay so mark um tell us a little bit about get up and go okay if you can hear me i've got you we'll start with we've got you oh okay all right well a lot of people got me the fbi don't yet anyways (laughs) um it started out as an idea for reality reality tv show because i was at a low point where you know you want to just run away from your life and start over and the problem is with most people, you can't, you don't have the resources. You're not a millionaire. You got your whole house, you know, you're paid for, you got your, you can't, you can't just get up and go. But I said, it would be nice if somebody could do that for you. And I said, wow, that's a good idea for a reality TV show where people would write in, say how miserable their life is. And I can't take you uh, jiggy or, you know, that would be biased. So you're out of the running there, but people would write in and say how miserable their life is. I thought that was the Jiggy Jaguar show. I thought that was the Jiggy Jaguar show. Go ahead. (laughs) So anyways, um, so I came up with the concept. I made the structure. And basically, it's basically like this. How many times have you said you hate your life? Most people, one time or another in their life, do say that I hate my life and they want to run away. But what if... I came along and said, okay, I'm going to give you the house you've always wanted. I'm going to give you that family car you've always wanted to drive. And I'm going to give you the job you always wanted to have, assuming you have some qualifications for it. We're going to set you all up with a whole new identity. The catch is you have to leave right now when I show up at your door with the clothes on your back and leave everybody you know and love behind forever. So the devil's do is you get your dream life and everything you've always wanted, but you start all over again with a new identity and you can never go back or meet or talk to or contact anybody from your past or we take it all away from you. And this this appeals to people, you think? Yes, I'm sure there's like, there's, what is there, 9 billion people in the world? Yeah, but the conditions, it's the conditions I'm talking about. Everybody has reached a point in their life where they say, screw it, I'm running away and starting all over. If they could. Yeah, and everybody has a, a, has a favorite sweater, but you won't let them take it with you. No, no. Right? That's Actually, it. Actually, the thing most people no don't want to leave behind is their dog. The wife, the kids, screw mm-hmm. them. The dog, they don't want to leave. <laughs> screw them. <laughs> but Frank, if I offered you the, you know, the job as the oil boy at the Playboy Mansion... You know, a Lamborghini to drive 
and you know a beautiful mansion on the ocean, but you had to leave everybody you love and know behind. Would you take it? Well, I'm one of the fortunate people. I don't love anybody, and I don't have anybody to leave behind. And everyone's left me behind. So you see, that <laughs> about Benny. Everyone's left me behind. <laughs> well, you're no interest then. <laughs> so that's the concept for the okay. reality show. Well, how do you do that? And how how are you can how can you afford to do that? What do you? Well, that's what you need backers for. I'm not doing it yet. It's 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 what I've done is well. Let me go on beyond this. So that is an expensive proposition, and it's hard to get backers for that, especially with a TV show where somebody can come in and pull the plug at any moment. Mm -hmm. One of my producer friends said this is a great plot for a movie. So I wrote a movie script, and we're trying to make a movie that's based on that same concept. It's a reality TV show. Four people say, yes, I want to start a new life. And in the movie, we follow them around and see their ups and downs and how they make out. It's a romantic comedy. And to help promote the movie, I wrote a novel, which is available on most major outlets, Amazon, Barnes and Noble and such. And I'm trying to get the funding for the movie now. Well, a lot of rich people listen to my show, so later on we'll talk. We'll, 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 it'll be one big commercial. But I, yeah, but I want to talk. A big to you one, later. big commercial. <laughs> later on, I want to talk to you though about about moose nuts, and in, in general, and and you or what have you. But let's talk about this project here right now. Is that okay, Jake? Yes, well, yeah, go. More, That's why you're here, things. baby. That, that you, you're you're you're. So you us. went and wrote the script. You uh, decided to write the script of how you think one big episode would be right one travel one traveling through this uh experience yeah it would basically the script is you know you have the host he's got problems going on you get four contestants and you follow their four individual lives and see how they make out and there's some mystery and stuff in there but it's mostly a romantic comedy but you but the thing is you have to come to well the show would have to do this too you'd have to come to some conclusion about your premise what if, right? Yes. I mean, yes. And it, that's what it does. It follows the arc of the four people that say yes, you know, from them first being presented with leaving, you know, their lives that they have all the ways to the point where they decide if they want to stay or go back. Or I don't want to ruin the ending, them. but I don't want to ruin the ending. But the first idea of mine come, comes to mind because I, I haven't read the book or anything like that. But wouldn't it be great if at the end that they all wanted to leave each other because they hated the life they went? They ran away from to be with these people, and they have to. <laughs> and that was the. I mean, you must have some uh, philosophical uh, uh, premise. I'm not. I mean, ending. Uh, you know, tie it all together, right? Um, actually, no, not not philosophically. You just basically there are different uh, anthology movies out there. I believe, like Valentine's Day, is one where you have four different couples and the things that happen to them all on Valentine's Day. They're interrelated. They may cross over with each other, but it's four individual plots. But they all, resolve. That. they all resolve. Their they problems. all resolve. They, all of these resolve, too. These The four plots do resolve in a two-hour movie. That's amazing. You know, getting funding these days is, is not easy. And I, I know this because I'm involved in a project or two, but the same thing, uh, but, but it's amazing how you turn on any, if you watch anything from the beginning, whether it's a series or a, or a TV movie or a limited series or whatever they call them right now. And more than half of the um, credits 
our executive producers, who are the money people. So there's a lot of yeah. people out there. You should be copying down those names. I'm going, why don't we just copy down all those names? Uh, are they all members of like the producers, uh, 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 the PGA or whatever, Producer Guild of America? I mean, are they, is there a place to go where all these people just keep shoving their money into the pockets of people making projects? Well, the problem you have in the industry, you probably know, is gatekeepers. I mean, you may have a lot of actors, if they read the script, I want to be in this movie, but it's not a big, high-budget, $100 million movie. So their agent will say, I ain't showing that to my client because I won't make anything off of it. So you have that gatekeeper process. And then, like you said, all of the funders want a little bit of an executive producer credit. Okay, you got 50 people funding it. There's 50 executive producers. Mm -hmm. Um, They may add one line to the script. Oh, they're an executive producer now. Right. Uh, try to talk to any of them or write to any of them. When I have a list of like two or 300 people. They don't respond because one, who is this guy? I mean, if Brad Pitt called them all up, they'd all be calling him back. But who's Mark DuPont? I've never heard of this guy. I see so a lot more names. Too. I see a lot more names I don't know as executive producers than the uh, recognizable people who also do it. I mean, you act and also have production companies. Who are some of these people? I don't know. You should introduce me to them. (laughs) Well, if you look up their names, I mean, if you just copy their names off of the credits of uh, anything, uh, you know, they must be available somewhere, right? I mean, they must be looking for something funny money into two. We need to get, we need to get the pin number off of their credit cards. That's all we need. Now, but and, and also, so you had to already invest in this because you had to uh, uh, you had to publish a book, and yeah. no doubt yourself. Yes. Yes. We also had started this project. There was another studio that actually started to take up the project before the pandemic. They were getting the three million in funding, but that kind of fell apart. There was another studio that wanted to do it, and they were going to get funding, but they wanted to do a lower budget version and submitted it at um, film festivals. And I said it was just going to end up in film festival hell for the rest of my life. So I kind of said no to that. (laughs) So the script is good. I've had everyone who's read the script said it's a phenomenal script. But if you don't have an actor attached to it and you don't have funding, you go nowhere. So I have been trying to get funding. It's just a long haul when you're, you know, not well known in the industry. Sure. He's right, Jake. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that's that's the thing is that if if you had a name actor that was like, I I want to do this movie, I want to make this movie happen. But there's been other uh, situations where name actors have wanted to make make movies and they've never happened. Ben Affleck wanted to make a Batman movie, and you know you, they you never bring up him, a good point though. Never let him uh, do it. No, Jiggy brings up a good point, and that is that uh, what is the ratio, even when you have a name, uh, to uh, to getting a project done? Uh, more projects have gone, you know, um, have gone into the trash, no matter who's been backing them, before they even get started. That is correct. It's so gosh damn long to do anything in Hollywood. It's sickening. There's, this, there's actually been a study that showed a ratio of projects that had a named actor and ones that had nobody. And the ones that actually had a return on their money either had a high-level name actor, not like a secondary name actor. It had to be like, you know, a, a, a list, yeah. 
Brad Pitt or, you know, Keanu Reeves type level. If you had like a secondary tier actor, they didn't do any better in a movie than a movie that had no name actors. So it really the key is funding because my picture doesn't need name actors. In fact, it would be better without name actors because mm-hmm. you don't know who's going to what's going to happen in like the TV show because it, it would be a tie in to the reality TV show. The movie would be like seeing what it's like to be on the show and then say, wouldn't it be nice to actually be able to do that? Well, here's the application because we are really making that show. Just like if you've seen a movie, boy, that would be great if I had a car like that or if I could do this. Well, here it is. You could have it. So my movie would be kind of like a tie-in to the reality TV show. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. So besides Get Up and Go, you have another uh, project. Something about uh, spending a spending a year with just a ton of money. What 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 is this? Okay, so uh, <laughs> I know I probably butchered my, my theme. <laughs> no, my theme with a lot of my stuff is don't go to work and have fun the rest of your life. So okay. that was actually came up before get up and go was, you know, you're trying to do I have a very busy life. You're just trying to do too many things at once. And then you have to go work. And you work for like eight or nine hours. And you're in the car commuting for two or three hours. By the time you get home, you have no time to do any of the things you really want to, you know, we go to work. So you guys have dream jobs, so you're fine. But most people, you know, they're a dishwasher, but they have dreams of maybe opening up a restaurant or they're, you know, traveling around the world on a bike, but they're working all the time. So I was thinking of a reality TV show where we choose people to say, okay, we're going to give you a year of pay. We're going to pay all your bills that you normally, your normal pay. If you're making $42,000 a year, or we're going to give you that weekly pay year, a year. Your boss, your boss, he's going to give you a sabbatical. Now you got a year to go finish the bucket lifts of your life. You wanted to go travel, you know, throughout Europe on a bike. Well, here's your, your weekly pay. And people would like, you know, root for these guys and give them little gifts and stuff along the way. Or somebody that wants to start a restaurant or write a book. Here's a year off to do what you've always wanted to do your entire life before you drop dead. So in other words, they get a year uh, off and then they, then they die? <laughs> what does that mean? Yes, <laughs> yes we, we kill them at the end. Oh, wow. like, you spoiled it on me! You spoiled it on me! <laughs> no, but you always hear that a lot from people. They just don't, you know, they work their normal day and they just don't have time to do the things that they wanted to do in life. So here's a year to go do it. And we would follow people that, you know, they're going to sit on the couch, you know, and, and they'd have to meet certain goals way, way or we drop them from the program. And sponsors would give them gifts. Hey, guys, hiking through Alaska, but he needs to get over to Hawaii. And then American Airlines would get, magically give him the ticket. You know, it would be promotional that way. Same with the bike, you know, some bike company with the bike. There'd be oh, all yeah. these like advertiser promotions along the way. But for most people, it would be a joy. Had a year, had a year to finally write that novel they've been trying to write or get the band back together and go on tour. Whatever it is they wanted to do, they don't have to worry about their daily bills anymore. Just for one year. And then you got to go back to work after that, unless for some reason along the way, they hit it big. So amazing. They always and people have... would follow them. Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't have to worry. They got a lot to worry about once they do even what they want to do. It doesn't, it doesn't, yes. right. It doesn't, yes. right. But yeah. I mean, there's all have... kinds of troubles they're going to get into, you know? Yeah. So uh, what about the people they leave behind? You know, they left their kids at home, behind while they're biking through, you know, Europe 
or they meet a girl. No, it's along not the, the kids. Way. They oh, obviously yeah. don't. Obviously don't care about the kids. <laughs> well, they I left mean, them behind to go bike be... through Europe. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, uh, they, any number of things can happen. I guess. Yeah, and if they, if trying to trying to write a book, we'd have a surprise guest, like maybe some famous novelist, will help them when they get stuck. If they're trying to open a restaurant, we'll get some famed cook to come in and give them a hand. You know, whatever it is, there would be all these little you know bonuses along the way to make that person you know finish that bucket list, and the audience would root for them too. And they'd keep a journal every day. Today I did this. Today I did that. And they post it on Instagram. And we would be be filming along the way too not every single day but at milestones along the way I wonder where that term came from bucket list I wonder where I said uh, where that came from I think it's where you kick the bucket maybe ah good point yeah kick the bucket to so put everything in the list and then spill it because it's all oh yeah that's it I got it. thank you Mark <laughs> so Jiggy, Jiggy. so what's left on your bucket list that you haven't done I'm gonna send you, send you a check for five dollars ninety five cents to start that reality. <laughs> what is what is left on my it? list of things well, that I haven't list. done? Uh, yeah. You you thinking of yours? Three thing? things. Three things. Well, I would say one, uh, becoming a porn star. Um, two. Holding elected we said office. Reality. We said reality. It would be reality. <laughs> Hold it, holding elected office. Um, and uh, if you wait can, a second, what stops you from being a porn star? You got nothing stopping you. Well, no, no, not I mean, really. I mean, porn well, star. right, right uh, now, right now, my porn editor you. is the guy that's stopping me from being a porn star. We won't get into that here. This is about Mark, but uh, (laughs) that's a whole nother kettle of fish, as they say. Wow. I want to do a show on that. (laughs) Soon. Soon. I'll have a new reality store. So you want to be a porn star. That's right. That's right. (laughs) You know, I heard Jay Leno the other day said something great. He goes, how come everybody who's in a porn is a porn star? How come there's no co-stars? How come there's no character actors? No, they're all porn stars. They're all porn stars. That's right. If you're in one, you're a star. That's it. You're if, a porn star. If you're star. in one, you're a star. Yes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Here's the it? deal. If you get tested and you get on film, you're a star. That's you're it. A porn star. Uh, <laughs> That's it. Have you done any porn, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Classic Katoma. Uh, well, we talk about his career. If you look at my Instagram figure. <laughs> oh God, I despise Instagram, don't you? What is it? I I only got it because a lot of people always say DM me, DM me. I didn't even know what that meant at first, and then I realized you had to have an Instagram account for them to direct message you. So That's yes, right. I set up an Instagram you direct message on I don't Twitter. Post much. You can Twitter. Oh, I don't do Twitter. I, I got in I got I in trouble for leaving a direct message Twitter group one time. Ruin an entire business relationship. So they go on a big list. Big deal. (laughs) So, Mark, besides these two projects, what other things do you have going on? Well, uh, actually, today I had a guy here um, at my property because actually the first reality show I was trying to do was one called Walkie. Um, I'm out deep in the woods and a couple of hundred acres in Vermont. And people come here and they they think it's like a paradise. 
And when we always walk up and down the trails, we always talk about, you know, can I use the word bullshit? You just did, brother. <laughs> yeah, you can. Okay. Well, we BS about a lot of things. And I said, you know what? We should have like a, a, a TV show where we have people come and famous people bring their dogs that probably live in the city and don't have any land like this and have them come walk through the woods of Vermont. And we talk about things that you normally don't talk about. Like when you were a kid, did you steal something, you know, or, you know, that kind of stuff, or do you believe in aliens? Did an alien probe you once before? Not the normal questions and stuff. So we thought that would be like a good bullshit type story, a small, very low budget. Hey, you know, it's something different. Um, then another show I was working on, which there's a game, if you click on my website, called The Scale, where you judge people. Like, you know that guy that was on TV one time and he bought the company that had the EpiPen and they raised the price like 600%. Oh, yeah. And everybody thinks he's like this evil corporate guy. But we don't know anything about that guy. He may give to 100 different charities or whatever. So we'd bring him in and we almost like that old show, This Is Your Life. And this is what you did here. This is what you did there. And we'd put these weights on a scale. One part of the scale would send you to hell and one part would send you to heaven. And we'd really judge what people are like. And people would write in and say, well, I want you to judge my neighbor. And we'd follow them around. They didn't flush the toilet in the bathroom or whatever. You know, just interesting things. But if you ever thought about your own life, where would you fall on that scale? Are you going to heaven or hell? Have you really thought about all the things you did in life? You know, where do you think you would fall on that scale? That we is would amazing. actually show you. That is amazing. So, so you can play that game. If you click on the link, there's a game there. It's called the scale. And you can put in your own things that you've done good or bad on the scale you know you can just they have like generic things but you can but add your yeah but a one person's judgment of i mean my personal judgment of what i did good or bad is different than someone else right i mean i, I can't judge my i can judge myself True. if there's a heaven i'm no, believe me there's a seat for me there if no, there, no i haven't no. believe me <laughs> it's an empty seat it's gonna stay room. empty <laughs> If I'm the judge, you have a I toilet seat home. up there. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I, now, well, here's what I was going to say, and that what and what I am now going to say, and that is, you know, that Twitch. Uh, do you know about Twitch? Yes, Twitch the, the shows used to be stuff. Justin TV, and then they became Twitch, and now they do all these video game things. You know, you if you you could actually do auditions for certain things, and then have people look at it to get investors. Uh, you know, put a little, uh, you know, do something. You can have a, a, a show that you could literally produce uh, by yourself and your friends or being your investment in your company or something, and do a little show and then uh, maybe pick up some uh, 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 feedback and some followers. That's a big thing, you know, and an audience. And that is you use as uh, uh, collateral uh, to uh, to people who want to invest money. You know those two girls, I forgot the name of them. I love that series. The two girls who did that you, YouTube thing years ago. Um, and, um, oh, uh, Beat Girl, wait, Beat, Beat, what is it? Uh, New York, they're in New York City. It's a city, Broad City. You know Sex Broad in the City? city? No. <laughs> you know Broad City, the series? Broad City? Yeah, you remember Broad no, City? No, I haven't heard of it. No, you I've heard of Sex in the City. You never heard of Broad City? Broad there, City. No. There were these two girls who, who were, uh, who, I don't know how to describe this, but they started this YouTube thing where they were just two girls who lived in an apartment and they have Broad all these adventures. 
um, uh, and crazy ways to try to stay alive. Broad city. It's in a the sitcom. City. And yeah, the whole sit the whole series is running on acclaimed uh, web Hulu. series. It moved to Comedy Central as a half hour scripted series. There you go. It, it was, was created it, by know, these two it, chicks. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Saw it, the producer there uh, from Parks and Recreation. The girl trying to Parks navigate life in New York despite their yeah. adventures that they always seem to lead down unexpected and bizarre it's paths. It's a great series, and they wound up sell. They weren't even trying to sell it. What's her city. What's her name? Saw it. Uh, I can't remember her name. Who's the Parks and Recreation lady? She was on Saturday Night Live. Probably Sarah yeah. Silverman. Yeah. Maybe I, I don't know. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't think she of her name. She saw either, it, loved it, her. Yeah, loved it, got together with the girls, and bang, next thing you know, they were on Comedy Central with the series. And now they, uh, I don't know what the girls do now, but they're actors, and they probably made a bunch of money. They're making a lot of money on reviews. Uh, my point being that you never know. Uh, I mean, if you have something you could show, as opposed to uh, giving them a book and saying, look, you could make this into a movie, which is another 18 years of your life or whatever, uh, you know, someone might come along. It didn't take a lot of people. It just took her. You are correct. And that's why I had the guy here with the camera crew going over the property say, we're going to do this low budget thing. So at least I have something to show. So that was actually just a few hours ago. You out of time there? Well, we are we are coming up to the uh, to being out of time. Uh, Mark, how do we get in touch with you online and everywhere else? Uh, well, you can go to my website, which is moosenutsjunction.com. And there you can send me a message. You can see what I'm up to. And there's links if you want to buy the book. It's only $5.99. <laughs> and if it's an ebook, it's not a uh, printed copy. That's awesome. So, Catolo, uh, how, do, how do we get in touch with you and all your various Well, first things? of all, you go over, you, you go to catolochronicles.blogspot.com and click on that thing there tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, and Mark yes. and I will get into it for uh, 9.30. You're going to be on 9.30, but the show starts at 9. And uh, Mark will be on my show this evening, and we'll get into well, a lot be- of things. Will there be pastry? I love pastry. Yes. I want cannolis, Danish, 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 Fiedel, uh, and uh, cheese. And it'll cheese probably Danish. be delivered to you by drag queens. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm telling you, we've got to get this guy into porn. I want to write a porn with him in it, the Jiggy J. I was going to do, if if I made it to Chicago this last year, I was going to do, do a porn movie with a bunch of transgenders we were going to call it transgender mania uh because uh there was this radical right wing guy on newsmax who said that because transgenders are taking over the schools it's just transgender mania and i'm like that is the perfect title for a porn movie i need to well, make that there you go I don't I know, Jiggy. I don't I know do if they the can whole afford Kogan the special thing. effects needed for you in a porn film so we'll have to see if we i get my the, sombrero uh, on Get my banana suit out. We'll get the whole thing Tonight, going. 9 p.m. Start <laughs> at 9 p.m. At 9.30, Mark will be on. Mark will talk about a lot of things that we can't talk about here, okay? <laughs> well, thank you, guys. This has been fun. Right. and We definitely will have to do this again. And tonight, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, Catola Chronicles on SRN Media. 
and uh, CatillaChronicles.blogspot.com. And uh, if you miss it, the podcast will be available within a couple days. And uh, the Bard of Broadcasting, no. the third man. He's got to erase all evidence of it. The third man, that, no, Mr. No, Frank Catolo. In, in, what, what is it, Frank, you say, in this event, in any event? In this event, in uh, in any event, in this is no, in any event, in all events, and certainly in this event. That's it. That's one of my favorites. Like a grilled cheese and a cat leg, stylish but yet classy, Frank Catolo. Hey, that's right. And the fantastic uh, Mark Dupont, who uh, is basically a gerbil in a batting cage. That's an old school Catolo reference. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it's it it gerbil in a batting cage is one of my favorites. The other the other favorite Catoloism. You have said that. That's where I stole it from. Really? I don't You've remember. You've said that. that's where I stole it from. I've stolen I all of your so sayings. So many things. And like... including including my personal favorite, which is blowfish to twine factory. Blowfish is twine factory. Well, you know, <laughs> just like the movie, Catola Chronicles is everywhere, anytime, all the time, elsewhere, all places, everything, and right now. And that's where you're going to be, Mark DuPont. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. There they go. The fantastic. Later. Mark DuPont and the amazing Frank Catolo. I keep his sayings alive, and he doesn't even remember them. That is that. We will see you next week on Build Grown and Joy. Welcome to the next edition of Build, Grow, and Enjoy, the BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. We are available online at Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Let's play. Com. We have got a great guest joining us this week here on our big program, the fantastic uh, amazing. Kevin Stockline is with us. Kevin joins us live here on our big, big broadcast. So, Kevin, you have a uh, tremendous, tremendous topic today, talking a little bit about how how did China become a both a key supplier and a major threat to America's electric grid? And, uh, Kevin, talk to us a little bit about this latest finding. Yeah, it's you know, we, we've heard quite a bit about kind of cyber attacks coming from China and Russia and even Iran onto our electric grid. Um, and this is something that, you know, companies do, uh, countries do as a means of warfare. But what we've uh, discovered recently is that China is actually one of the largest suppliers of hardware to our grid as well. And that there's reason to believe that they are building components into uh, things like transformers that may allow them to remotely shut down the grid. And whereas with cyber attacks, you know, we can often, you know, put up so, uh, software solutions and patches and, and security things to, to block that, uh, with the hardware that's built into the grid, that becomes a lot more difficult. We have got a great guest with us today. Kevin Stockline is with us. He is the Epoch Times investigative reporter. He discusses how efforts to remake America's electric grid, including Biden's green energy transition, has left China as a, an accused saboteur of our infrastructure as an essential supplier of transformers and other critical hardware. So talk to us a little bit about that, my friend. Well, the big picture, uh, you know, the, the environmental movement, the, the climate change um, religion, I would say, is pushing so much more onto our electric grid. So uh, everything from cars, EVs, to um, home heating, 
issues, stoves, all of this, uh, they think that the solution is to electrify all of these appliances and machines and put them onto our grid. And what that means is uh, the grid is, is not able to handle any of this additional demand. They're having to rush to build it out. And one of the major suppliers of components um, is China. Currently, we've got about 2,000 transformers on our grid. What they do is they bump up the wattage from production so it can be transmitted along the energy lines, uh, and then they bump it down so that it can go into your house at a much lower voltage so you can use it to power appliances. And these transformers, uh, we have about 2,000 of them throughout our grid, and currently about 10% of those are now being made in China. Uh, but in addition, there's two other large manufacturers. It's Siemens and ABB, and they're European companies. And they are using quite a lot of uh, Chinese components in, in the transformers that they construct as well. So a lot of this hardware, even beyond what we're importing directly from China, is making its way into the grid from China. We have an incredible guest with us today, a brand new Epic Times article written by investigative reporter Kevin Stockland is with us. He joins us live here. He's talking about... Uh, while it appears China's cartels are lending a hand on the power front, it can also leave America electric grid vulnerable to foreign control and sabotage. Give us a little bit more details on that, my friend. Well, you know, the U.S. grid is, is fairly unique. That it um, historically has been developed regionally. Um, so whereas in China you have one monopoly utility provider that provides electricity for the whole country. Here in the U.S., it's all developed regionally. And so that this was, uh, you know, a protection against any one kind of system or attack taking out our entire system because, uh, you know, it's, it's not connected in the same way. But what we've seen in the last decade is we're transitioning to so-called smart grids uh, that are supposed to be more efficient and more modernized, um, but that they're also making our grid much more uniform. And so it is much more um, vulnerable to these sort of attacks, not only cyber attacks, but as I, I mentioned, um, hardware attacks. And one thing, you know, in 2019, uh, under President Trump, uh, one of the transformers that was uh, just had arrived from China and was going to be used in the uh, power grid system out in Colorado was seized by uh, federal uh, regulators. And they took the thing and they took it apart. Um, and they found that there were some what they call backdoors in the chips that uh, allowed this transformer to be shut down remotely um, from a place like China. And so this set off alarms, and as a result of that, Trump uh, basically banned the import of more grid hardware from China. Unfortunately, that executive order was overturned by the Biden administration. That was one of the first actions that he took upon uh, assuming office. We have got a great guest with us today. The fantastic investigative reporter Kevin Stockland is with us. He joins us talking about a brand new Epic Times article. Uh, so the one thing that is is very interesting is that there could be potential attacks from China, Russia, Iran, others. How do they figure into this? Um, you know, th this has kind of been a, a warfare tactic, and, and the you know the U.S. has used it too. We certainly used it in Vietnam, uh, Korea. You know, one of the first things that you want to do is take out your adversary's power grid for obvious reasons. Uh, we depend on this for everything, not only our, our, our transport, our heating, our refrigeration, information, everything. So this, is, this has become a standard tactic of warfare, and it appears 
that we now have hardware built into our systems that if tensions with China were ever to escalate, if they were to invade Taiwan, and this becomes a, a military situation between them and the U.S., that they may have the ability um, through the, the 10% of our, our transformers that they've now supplied to shut down the entire grid. And so this is something that uh, people are just starting to become aware of. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, the issue is that I think the environmental movement is would prefer to uh, import more from China because it allows them to push their agenda faster and farther but security experts are saying, well, wait a minute, you're creating a huge vulnerability strategically for the United States in doing this. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. Kevin Stockland is with us. He joins us from the Epic Times to discuss a recent article that he put together about uh, the power grid in China. So what is being done about this? You know, at the moment, not so much. Um, as I mentioned, you know, the Trump administration had actually declared a state of emergency over our power grid um, back in 2020 and, uh, and barred further importation of, of Chinese goods. But that has now been overturned by the Biden administration. They seem to be prioritizing their Green New Deal and their Build Back Better agenda um, over security issues. So there have been hearings recently. There was one um, that uh, they invited the security expert from the Department of Energy to come in and testify, and he said, yes, we're keeping our eyes on this, we're very concerned, but so far we haven't really seen any concrete action to address it. We have got Kevin Stockland with us today. He joins us live here on our big program to discuss a recent article that he put together for the Epic Times uh, about the situation with China. They became a key supplier and a major threat to America's electric grid. So critics say that China, due to things like backdoors, microchips, all these different things, they have the ability to shut down the power grid. Give us a little bit more details on this. Well, um, so one of the areas that uh, that they found that these, these uh, chips can malfunction <clears throat> is one just to shut down completely and just shut down the transformers. But the other one is to trick these transformers to, um, I guess, misassess how much uh, voltage they're putting onto the grid. And so one of the uh, back doors that they've discovered is the ability to instruct these transformers that it's, it's managing the flow of electricity through the grid properly when, in fact, it's cranking it up to such a high level that, that it may start frying the transmission wires. So these were two of the, of the back doors that they've identified so far that could be operated from China and could allow them to take control of key components of the grid. Um, you can imagine, for anyone who's experienced a brownout, um, how quickly that situation becomes an emergency. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're losing refrigeration, you're losing heat. If you have an EV, you're losing your ability to transport yourself. Um, you know, we're obviously losing access to information. Um, and so society very quickly uh, shifts into panic mode. If the electricity goes down for more than a few weeks or months, you could be looking at some degree of societal collapse. And what they're suggesting is if these transformers are taken out in this way, it could very well at least take months to get them back online. We have got Kevin Stockland with us today. He joins us live from the Epic Times. 
Now, Americas are already seeing more essential items pushed onto this grid because of this uh, this green energy situation with all these electric cars. Everybody wants to do electric cars. Somebody somewhere is making some cash with all this. Uh, do they not realize that if we just keep becoming more dependent on this, that at some point it's going to blow that power grid? Well, there have actually been warnings, and these warnings are coming from federal regulators. So the FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, has been warning for the last couple of years that the grid is becoming more and more unstable. And it's becoming more and more unstable not because we're putting, not just because we're putting all these new demands on it, um, but because we're replacing uh, things like uh, coal and gas-fired power generators with wind and solar that, as you know, only really work when the weather's cooperating. So we're increasingly um, replacing reliable um, power sources with intermittent power sources. And this combination of throwing all these new appliances and cars onto the grid while we're uh, reducing the reliability of the grid on the transmission side is uh, leading federal regulators on the, uh, at FERC to say we are going to start experiencing more rolling blackouts. This is going to start becoming a, an everyday affair for Americans who, for us today, our, our electricity is so reliable we don't even think about it. We've just become so reliant on it. For us, it's just standard that our, our electricity is going to be there when we flick on the light switch. Um, we may be heading into a third world situation where, you know, we don't, get power all the time, or it goes out in bad weather, or it goes out when it gets too hot or too cold. So this could well be the future of the United States. We have got a great guest with us today. Kevin Stockland joins us here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Now, you recently produced a new documentary called The Shadow State, which discusses the impact of the ESG market. Tell us a little bit more about this incredible new documentary, The Shadow State. Well, the Shadow State takes a look at the ESG movement, and this is, uh, I think, becoming more and more well-known. But the ESG movement is basically a way that the progressive ideology has uh, co-opted the corporate world and gotten them in lockstep with their climate ideology and their race ideology, etc. So if you wonder, for example, why uh, Bud Light or Disney um, or Target starts uh, jumping into all of these very controversial causes that alienate quite a few of their customers, uh, the ESG movement is basically behind that. But that's on the social side. ESG movement is also uh, pushing climate issues. So, for example, Exxon, uh, according to this uh, movement, just had to put uh, three climate activists on its board uh, that are now working to reduce its production of fossil fuels, which is a strange thing for a an oil company to do. Um, we're also seeing automakers start to transition to making EVs when there's no uh, evidence that there actually is demand for these EVs beyond a niche market. So um, in many ways, corporations are now shooting themselves in the foot uh, to pursue these ideologies, and it's a result of the ESG movement, and we call that the shadow state. We have got a great guest with us today, joins us live here on our big program. Kevin Stockland is with us. He joins us talking a little bit about his brand new documentary called The Shadow State. So talk to us a little bit about the, the production process and bringing this to life. 
Um, well, so we, uh, to make this uh, documentary, we um, investigated uh, corporate CEOs. We, we spoke to um, political experts. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's currently running for president, was one of the um, people that we spoke to. He's written books on this subject. Uh, we've spoken with economists, lawyers, etc. The, the long and the short of how this system works is that um, asset managers who are so-called woke, that, that pursue this progressive agenda, um, they manage our money, and they are able to use their role, their power as asset managers, to uh, arm-twist these corporations into going along with their agenda. So, for example, 70% of the shares of all U.S. companies are not held by individuals. They are held by institutional asset managers. These are mutual fund managers, um, index fund managers, or state pension funds. And so they take our money that's supposed to be for our savings and our retirement, and they manage it on our behalf, but they are the ones who have the rights to vote those shares. And so huge amounts of power, and we're talking tens of trillions of dollars of assets are concentrated in a very small number of asset managers and state pension funds. And they have all signed uh, onto these global clubs like Climate Action 100. They're members of the World Economic Forum, and they have bought into this progressive agenda. And they are using their power as shareholders who have the right to vote these shares, the majority of shares of all U.S. companies, to force uh, management to get in line with this agenda. And that, that, in a nutshell, is how the ESG system is working today. We have got a great guest with us today. Kevin Stockland joins us here on our big program talking about his brand-new documentary called The Shadow State. So what's been the feedback that you've gotten on this documentary so far? Um, I think people have found it very enlightening. Um, we've gotten very, very positive feedback from viewers. Um, and, you know, one of the things that, that I, I think is one of my strengths is to take uh, these fairly complicated, arcane financial issues and, and boil them down into something that someone can sit down for an hour and, and watch a documentary and, and understand how they work. I, I worked on Wall Street for more than a dozen years, and um, so I, I can understand how these systems work and, and translate them for people so it becomes you know, very intelligible despite all the arcane language and everything else that, that people use in the finance world. Um, but our feedback has, has been uh, you know, very, very positive. Some people find uh, this very depressing and frightening, but I will say we do spend time in the latter half of the documentary talking about all the things that states are doing to push back, um, that um, some of the antitrust lawsuits that are gearing up to fight this industry and other things that are being done to push back. And so this is not a situation that is completely hopeless. It's a major issue. But we're seeing a lot of movement, particularly in the last year, to push back and to really try to get companies just to focus on their business and stay out of politics. Before we let you go, how do we get the Shadow State and uh, watch it, get it on DVD, all these things? You can go to theshadowstate.com. It's also free uh, to all Epoch Times subscribers. Uh, so anyone who s subscribes to the Epoch Times can watch it for free. You can also read my uh, continuous articles on this subject that uh, are updated uh, pretty much every day, every week. Fantastic. Well, Kevin, thanks for making some time for us. I always enjoy chatting and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Thanks for doing this, my friend. You bet. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, my friend. There he goes. That is Kevin Stockland. 
We are going to take a break, and we'll see you next week on Bill's World.